The Book of Matthew, chapter 5, 45, and 48. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sermon that I would like to continue is called, Called to Perfection. I shall remind us that this commandment is the inheritance of saints of all times, and the commandment is addressed by Christ strictly to his students. Therefore, people who do not acknowledge over themselves the authority of a person that is sent by God have no part to the inheritance contained in this commandment, and it is doubtful that they will ever be able to. As it relates to fulfilling the required commandment, we called or we are called to be vigilant over the word of God within our heart as God is vigilant over his spoken word in the temple of our body. We stop to study the following question. What specific goals does the righteousness of God pursue that we are called to collaborate with within our heart? And in part, we've been studying the purpose of the righteousness of God within our heart, received by us in the two broken tablets of the covenant, where we in the death of the Lord Jesus died by the law for the law, which symbolizes the resurrection of Christ so we can receive justification, so that we can live for the one that died and resurrected and in this way obtain confirmation of our salvation in new tablets of the covenant, which is the resurrection of life, in order to give God the proper foundation to give us the promise to be heirs of peace, not by the past law, but by the righteousness of faith, similar to how he gave it to Abraham and his seed. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, Romans 4.13. And so, the covenant of peace in the heart of a warrior in prayer is the result of the obedience of his faith to the faith of God that is spoken by his delegated ones. God's faith is the word of God, listening to the word of God. Faith is from hearing the word of God. And so, God's faith is the general, and our faith is obedience to God's words, God's faith that we hear. By what signs do we examine ourselves that the peace of God rules within our heart, which identifies us as the sons of God and as the most holy? To examine your heart as to whether the peace of God rules in it, is possible by the ability to be a peacemaker. This characterizes us as the sons of God, as it is written, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Matthew 5.9 The state of your heart or the state of your spirit will be the demonstration of the spirit in your words, actions, and the way in which you dress that will not attract the opposite sex and will not prompt their sexual instincts. We, in a particular format, already looked at six of the signs, the consistency of which allows us to judge and examine ourselves as to whether we are the sons of peace and furthermore the sons of God, and we stopped to study the seventh sign. And this is our ability to clothe our essence into the holy and selective love of God. 
A holy love is something that separates light from darkness, good from evil, and in this way it is called selective. It is not tolerant but selective. It loves those who love and hates those who hate him. But above all these things, put on this kind of love, which is elevated above all other forms of love, because all forms of human love, they have egotism in them, and they are incomplete. But this one has royal authority, it is generous, and it does not force a person, but offers it life and death and desires that this person choose life i want for you to choose life that you live and your descendants that is your children that come from you and so but above all uh, put on this love which is the bond of perfection and let the peace of god rule in your hearts to which you also were called in one body and be thankful Colossians 3, 14, uh, 15. In Scripture, the selective love of God is presented by the Holy Spirit in the light of seven unchanging virtues or characteristics. These qualities, these characteristics, by the preached word spoken by the apostles and prophets, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. 2 Peter 1, 2 through 8. This is the character of Christ. This is the character of the Heavenly Father. And this is our calling that our character become the same, that it would have these very same qualities so that we can fulfill the will of the Heavenly Father. Until we have these qualities, we will not understand what our calling is and what the perfect will of God is. We will think that God loves us just as we are and God loves everyone in general and we will be wandering uh, from one one into another, and only after this life then, when we stand before the great white throne, we will, with fear, find out that we were greatly mistaking, thinking we were going to heaven, but we were actually not going to hell. We already looked at five of the qualities that give us open access into the kingdom of heaven and stopped to study the sixth quality, which is identified as brotherly love. Relevant to this, we came to the necessity to study four classical questions. What do the scriptures say about the origin and nature of the essence of the fruit of virtue, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith? We're not talking here uh, in about relationship with any people, but specifically within the church. Second, what purpose in demonstrating our faith is the love of God agape called to fulfill coming from the atmosphere of brotherly love? Because people uh, never have this kind of love in their relationships with their friends because they either have similar hobbies or have similar interests But as soon as something uh, changes in one or the other friend, things completely change within their relationship as well. Third, what conditions do we need to fulfill so we can receive the power to demonstrate the brotherly love of God in our faith? And by what signs can we determine by examining ourselves as to whether we are demonstrating brotherly love in our faith? 
As the first two questions were already studied in the previous services, we have been studying question three. We need to keep in mind that these conditions are individual elements of one whole. They are of one whole and do not work one without the other because they are one whole together. First condition, giving God the proper foundation to pour out His love into our heart, we have already studied, is our hunger and our decision to be born from the imperishable seed of the preached to us word. When a person makes the decision, he comes to God, only then is he born from the seed of the word of truth. When he receives the conditions and he then joins God's family, specifically our decision and our hunger that follows to know and perform the will of God was foreseen and foreknown by God before the creation of the world which provided God the proper foundation that he needs to identify us in advance so that we can be in the likeness of his son. Second condition we have been studying for quite a while but it is a very important and significant uh, condition which is why the Holy Spirit has been keeping us on it giving God the proper foundation, this condition that gives God the proper foundation to pour out His love into our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is the need to demonstrate salt in our faith in the fruit of holiness that we have grown. And so, it needs to be done within the atmosphere of holiness. You are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Matthew 5.13 According to the revelation of Scripture, the presence of salt, representing the quality of holiness, is formed in man because of his total dedication to God, which preceded his total sanctification, making him an island that is from all sides being washed by the purifying waters of sanctification. Specifically, presenting your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God for good service, clothes us into the virtue of the fruit of holiness, which makes us a salt for the earth and therefore defines the soil of our heart as good and wise. For everyone will be seasoned with fire. The fire upon the altar is the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit takes the offering and devours it when it absolutely is in accordance to the elementary teaching of Christ that we have concealed within our heart. And every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Do not bring any sacrifice he had commanded the priests. Do not bring any sacrifice to me without salt. And so we talked about, we studied in our time, that every offering, when it had, when it was brought to God, the priest would cast salt upon it. And in this way, he testified that there is holiness present there. It is pure, and it's not just pure, it's also holy. Because pure is not all necessarily holy, but holy is always pure. Salt is a good thing. But if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Mark 9.49.50 Here it's talking about our relationship with one another, brotherly love. We've noted that all the sheep by nature are pure animals. The one that becomes holy, however, is the one that is separated for a burnt offering upon the altar of burnt offering so that it, so that it can be seasoned with the salt of the covenant. 
Because of this, we conclude that if our offering, which is our prayer intercession, is not offered upon the fire of the altar of burnt offering, so it can be salted with the fire of holiness, we do not have the right to be an intercessor in the status of a warrior in prayer in the virtue of a priest of God in adopting our body by the redemption of Christ. We like this promise, but it does not belong then to us if we don't have salt in ourselves. It belongs to those who have salt in themselves. And consequently, then, we will not have the legitimate status to enter into the temple so that we can approach God. I shall remind us that holiness is the state of our heart, which demonstrates itself in the legitimate words of prayer. Holiness will demonstrate itself in legitimate words of prayer that will come from our heart that are in accordance to God's will. It's not just any words that come into our mind or words that come from our pain or our illnesses and we will be pleading and and crying and begging, uh, free me from this, this and this. Or we will take upon themselves a type of a mania which they say, Lord, we have sinned. And why you say we, say you have sinned, speak from yourself. Oftentimes people don't pray not from themselves, but pray uh, on behalf of more than themselves. And so only a pastor of the church can pray like that or his helpers that will represent him uh, at the altar. They're required to pray like that from the name of all. But a regular member should not pray from the name of all of us, but only from themselves and not with their own words, but the words of prayer. And prayer is the word that comes out of the mouth of God and is written all throughout Scripture. And you need to learn, take words of prayer and come to me, the Lord says. And so holiness is the state of our heart, which demonstrates itself in the legitimate words of prayer that come come from our heart or out of our heart in the form of the faith of God, which are followed then by acts which draw God's favor upon us. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Hebrews 12:14. Pursue is to put forth your effort, your means, your time, and your strength. And so, as you know, you put forth the effort so that you can achieve or receive the kingdom of heaven. And it's the same kind of word here used. The attempt to demonstrate peace out of the boundary of holiness when it comes to our relationship with one another and not as a demonstration of holiness transforms us into the sons of resistance and destruction because amongst the nation of God in all churches there are more wicked and lawless that exist and those of the flesh than that small group of the remnant. And so you have to be very careful when you have a relationship with such people or fellowship with them. And so to demonstrate uh, peace out of the boundaries of holiness, what is peace is fellowship, fellowship with one another out of the boundaries of holiness and not as a demonstration of holiness transforms us into these people. We sometimes clearly know that these people are in sin, legalized sin, do not consider it a sin. These are people you should avoid fellowship with. I trust that in our service, 
we don't have them pretty much and if there are any then they have the right to choose and they're constantly suffering in their soul and they have not made a choice and so for now you need to be considerate of them because they still have time to choose because while when this time uh, ends they will just leave the church no one will remain in the church just because they will make a choice if they haven't yet made the choice they still will remain until they do they can't make a choice whenever they want to but within the time God has allocated as soon as that time is up then this person won't make a choice anymore and so demonstrating the fruit of holiness in words of prayer is demonstrating the righteousness of faith confirming our origin in God giving us the right to make a new covenant with God which is a covenant of eternal peace that God has made with Abraham and with his descendants only holy people possess the legitimate right to present holy truth while fulfilling their sanctification we need to present holiness during our sanctification sanctification is when you separate yourself from your nation the house of your father upon the condition that your house of your father uh, resists the truth if they are not resisting the truth then you don't need to separate from them when God said to Abraham leave the house of your father the reason was because his father began to st- uh, worship idols and so he left then his father in his own land and went to Mesopotamia without him and so when we leave our nation the house of our father and our corrupt desires that is our soul that is sanctification and so this holy people who possess the legitimate right to present holy truth while fulfilling their sanctification that pursues the goal of total dedication to serve the true and living God the word holy itself is born from God this means that God does not bear people who are not holy and so don't try to do something to become holy you are holy by the fact of your birth from the seed of the word of truth when a child of God understands this do you know how easy it becomes Thank God, I don't need to now bring souls to Christ to do a a lot of good work, uh, aggressively doing good work to be able to earn this holiness or to become holy. People don't understand that the fruit of the Spirit is a changed character and not uh, the souls that you bring to God. What good is it if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Those that bring... those souls that are brought to God are not fruits of your spirit fruits of your spirit is a changed character and so the word holy is a a person who is born from the seed of the word of truth born from God one that comes from God belonging to God abiding in God the personal possession and God's holiness and this being God's personal possession is confirmed in holiness when a person refuses to honor God with his tithes and offerings and saying this is just a a part of the Old Testament then in this way he says that Lord I agree that you're Lord you're God but I am not your belonging I want to be free from you 
that is what a person testifies, what he says. When people tell me, if you would not have been preaching tithes, do you know how many people you would have in your church today? I told him, I don't need a lot of people to, to be in the church. I need those whom God will attract to God's holiness, to himself. And these people, the people that will be attracted, their hearts will burn for God, and they will do this glad, gladly, God's will, they will do gladly. <clears throat> and so they will then be called the personal possession of God, God's holiness. But when a person begins to uh, make the uh, conclusion that the, the law of tithes doesn't exist, they are born from God, but then their lamp begins dying. A holy person, a person that is redeemed by God, separated for God, dedicated to God in the likeness of God, entering the lot of God or inheriting one lot with God, sharing the power of authority with God. The word holy identifies the inner state of our heart, making our heart identical to the heart of God. Be holy because I am holy. Be separated from everything that is not holy. At the same time, the word holiness identifies the demonstration of this state of our heart, which serves as an argument of our belonging and our origination in God and from God, which gives us the right to be warriors in prayer, in the status of kings, priests, and prophets, giving God the proper foundation He needs to turn His goodness toward us. Uphold my steps in your paths, that my footsteps may not slip. And so he upholds our steps when we hear the word of God, when we come with a heart that is prepared, that decided that if I hear God's word or when I hear God's word, I will immediately fulfill it, whatever price that may require, that my footsteps may not slip. I have called upon you, for you will hear me, O God. When a person is very confident that this is God's word and he receives it and he then confidently knows God will hear him. Incline your ear to me and hear my speech. Psalm 17, 5, 6. Why does a person need to be told these words? Because if a person doesn't speak these words himself, God will not have any uh, way to hear him. A person himself needs to say these words. A person is sovereign and this person needs to invite God to what he wants him to do because it is God's will. You need to demonstrate his will. He wants to incline his ear to our prayers. He has a great desire. He's waiting until we do that. It's not because he does not want to incline. It's He does, but he wants us to speak these things to him so that he can incline his ears according to, uh, to the prayer that is in accordance to his will. In scripture, the praying phrase to bow down the heavens, wherein it says, Lord, incline your ear, that means bow down the heavens, that is spoken. This is a man saying it to God so that God can attentively hear him. He will listen attentively to a praying person. When God inclines his ear, he attentively listens to the prayer of the person. He will turn his eyes for good for the praying person. He will become a stronghold or a place of refuge for a warrior in prayer. He will become a covering for a praying person. He will occupy a circle of defense around a warrior in prayer. He will make the enemies of a warrior in prayer flee. He shall strike the enemies of a warrior in prayer. 
so that we provide God with the proper foundation to incline his ear to our prayers, it is necessary to present the argument of your origin to in him in the grown by us fruits of holiness within brotherly love as well as with all those around us. Romans 6.22 But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end of everlasting life. So when you are free from sin, you become then, you become free from sin, you become a slave of God. But while you're not free from sin, you can't be a slave of God. We conclude that if a person does not become free from governing sin within his body by the way of casting off the old man, where he counts himself dead to sin and living for God, proclaiming that non-existent stronghold of incorruption within his body as existent, he will not be able to become a servant of God, so he uh, he can demonstrate the salt of holiness. And to comprehend the essence and difference between the definition of holy and the definition of holiness, when it comes to our relationship with God and those around us, it is necessary for us to answer a series of questions. What does it make of itself? What is it? And how is the grown by us fruit of holiness and brotherly love identified? What purpose is holiness called to fulfill in the relationship of God with man and man with God? and with one another and those around us. What price do we need to pay so we can demonstrate the fruit of holiness in brotherly love? In a specific format, we already studied these three questions and have been studying the fourth. By what signs do we or can we examine ourselves that we have salt within ourselves that identifies holiness within our relationship with God and those around us? We've decided to limit ourselves to seven components that are familiar to us in the collaboration of us growing the fruit of holiness together with the holiness of God and brotherly love as well as with all those around us. By these, we will be able to examine ourselves as to whether we have salt within ourselves. And we found these in Leviticus 26, 3 through 12. <clears throat> there are more than seven of them, but we took these seven the number of fullness or wholeness and so if we have these seven then we will have the rest because they can't be without the other they are in balance balance one with the other they are diluted one in the other they support the nature of one the other and confirm their truthful nature Leviticus 26, 3 through 12. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. It's important when rain comes in season. Why do we need why would we need rain out of season? When rain comes out of season, then this is as punishment. And not to grow the fruits. Rains are given. We're talking about spiritual things here. When rain as teaching, the teaching of Christ, it is given timely when the seed is planted and needs to grow. There are early rains. There's the former rain, the, the first, the early rains, and then the latter rains that come that allow it to grow. And so when people, when you're supposed to grow the fruit, they are just starting with the sowing process. They don't understand what they're doing. They're confusing the time. You need to understand what rain you're asking for. <clears throat> right now, God is giving us uh, rain that grows fruit. 
you can uh, ex you're experiencing the very uh, condensed truth that God is giving to us. It all applies to the growth of the fruits of holiness. Then I will give you rain in its season, the land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of a vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts, and the sword will not go through your land. I will drive away these uncircumcised Philistines from your land. These are these evil beasts, these lusts and desires that constantly make you suffer, that you feel like you're bound by them, that will be broken, the shackles will be broken when you accept this word into your heart, count yourself dead to sin, living for God, and proclaim that not existent stronghold of immortality in your body as existent. And so these... Uh, chains will become broken the Holy Spirit will break them because of your confessions you will chase your enemies and they shall fall by the sword before you five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight your enemies shall fall by the sword before you for I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful multiply you and confirm my covenant with you you shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new in other words, while the person lives within the body, the old law gives him power, and you can't cast out this law because the old person lives, and this old person relies or trusts upon this law because it is the armor for it. It discovers sin and gives power to it. But as soon as you receive the seed of the truth into your heart and you grow it, this holiness, and you begin to count yourself dead to sin, living for God, you do what in this way? You cast out the old for the sake of the new. You begin to proclaim the new truth. You don't need to earn righteousness. You receive it upon the conditions the same conditions that Abraham did, righteousness of faith, it is accounted to you. And then you take this armor that the old man relied upon it and you remove his head. And now this law becomes your sword and there's none like it and you begin to destroy then your enemies. I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. I shall bring forth seven, these seven. First sign is the Lord our God will walk within our camp so we can so we can yield its produce. God will give us the opportunity and ability to eat our bread till we're full and will dwell in our land safely. The Lord God will walk within our camp so we, uh, and he will be among us. God will send peace upon our land and you shall lie down and none will make you afraid as he will rid the land of evil beasts and the sword will not go through your land. You shall also chase your enemies and they shall fall by the sword before you. God will look upon us favorably and will make us fruitful and he will multiply us. God will confirm his covenant with us. He shall... He shall set the tabernacle among us, and his soul will not abhor us. God will walk among us, and will be our God, and will be 
and we will be his nation. We already looked at five of the signs and have been studying the sixth sign by which we can examine ourselves as to whether we are collaborating the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God. God will confirm his covenant with us. He will make, He will set the tabernacle among us and his soul will not abhor us. Looking at the given sign, which is the result of the collaboration of the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God, that we are called to demonstrate within our faith in brotherly love, we conclude that if God will not establish His covenant with us in the format of His word that is magnified in the temple of our body above all His names, then He, he will have no foundation upon which He can place His tabernacle within our body as well as within our church because God has promised to collaborate with us only within the boundaries of a spoken word that is magnified by Him in the temple of our body as well as within our church. And for this purpose, we, by listening to the preached word in the format of the seed, are called to conceal the seed of His word that has been transformed by Him in our conscience that is cleansed from dead works that is called to happen by getting to know the truth that is contained in the blood of the cross of Christ. Therefore, the phrase to establish as covenant means to ratify his covenant between himself and us in order to make his covenant between himself and us officially legal and unchanging. However, before establishing his covenant between himself and us, we before anything need to know that the way we need to know the way we are to establish a covenant with God and also the power that the covenant that is made between ourselves and God has. Because the saints say the word covenant, but it's just a phrase that doesn't really mean anything. They don't know the consistency of this covenant and what unsearchable inheritance is contained there. They may say it's an unsearchable inheritance, but they don't know what it is. When you don't know what a true covenant is, what it contains, then we can't confirm what's in it. We can't confirm or establish it. We need to answer two key questions. What purpose does the covenant have that is made between us and God? Or what wealth has God placed into the covenant that is made between himself and us? And what requirements are we to fulfill in order to ratify the covenant that we have made with God so that it can become officially legal and unchanging? Because the role of God in the given aspect is to open himself up in the presented by him covenant. At this, he opens himself up and he opens those promises and our calling in that covenant. At the same time, our role is to ratify his covenant within the temple of our body as well as in the midst of our church. Considering that the first question was something we already studied, we will immediately pay attention to the second question. What requirements are we to fulfill in order to ratify the covenant that we have made with God so that it can become officially legal and unchanging? Or by what signs do we examine ourselves that we have ratified the covenant that is made between ourselves and God and that God has placed His tabernacle within our church as well as within our bodies so that we, in this way, 
can provide God with the right foundation to place his tabernacle within our church as well as with the, within the temple of our body, I will remind us of what the covenant is that we have made with God. A covenant is an oath, a union, or an agreement in the format of a testament to the unsearchable inheritance of Christ that consists of the oath promises of God that are in heaven, in the temple, and in the humble and contrite heart of a man that trembles before his word that comes out of his mouth of, and by the mouth of his delegated ones. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Hebrews 9, 16, 17. According to the scripture, any promise, including the promise of the covenant of peace, is established in the fruit of righteousness that is grown by us from the seed of justification that is received into the good soil of our heart by confessing the faith of God with our lips that abides within our heart, by accepting that word that is spoken by the person who is endowed with the status of a father from God. For all of the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen, to the glory of God through us, now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us as God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. 2 Corinthians 1, 20-22 His tabernacle that God has placed among us when we provide Him with the right foundation to establish His covenant in the temple of our body by the way of ratifying His law, blessing and cursing, will testify of our membership to the great Jerusalem because of the grown by us fruit of righteousness as Methuselah, with whom the stronghold of death within our body has been destroyed, which provided God with the grounds he needed to erect in the place of the stronghold of death, the stronghold of life, in the form of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ, bringing forth such a nature of fruit of righteousness is our first most purpose and calling, which is called to serve as testimony that we have loved the coming of the Lord so we can meet with him upon the clouds. Having a fruit of this nature... The soul of God does not abhor us as the brought by us fruit of righteousness will consist in this, that in the church of the chosen by him remnant, this fruit will make us perfect as our heavenly father is perfect, which will make us able as our heavenly father to shine our sun upon the righteous and the unrighteous and pour out our rains upon the just and the unjust according to his word that is magnified by him in the heights of the heavens in the sanctuary and within the, within the temple of our body above all his names as it is written i will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth the holy temple is us for you have magnified your word above all your names psalm 138 2 <coughs> And so God will magnify his word only within his temple. The time when God has obliged to establish his covenant with us will happen within the time of the span of the metaphoric week, at the start of which our mortal body, because of the grown by us promise, the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, will be changed from the state of mortal into the state of heavenly, or immortal is the same thing. The difference is that while we're not yet raptured, these immortal bodies that we will have, they will not yet have that glory that they will shine with when we will meet with Christ. But they will have already immortality and will bring fear, inflict fear upon all around us, those around us. In Scripture, this metaphorical week when speaking of real time is called the door of our hope 
where God, before we get raptured to meet the Lord upon the clouds, has obliged to return to us the once lost vineyards, the valley of Accor, and our youth, that is, <clears throat> a body without corruption, which we carried within our heart as the faith of God. Daniel 9.27, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, and but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wings of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the con consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. To return to us our vineyards is to deliver us from the guard of the law that discovered sin within our body, that is our old person, and gave him power to rule over our body so that we can serve God in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. That is, deliver us, make us free of the guard of the law, Hosea 2, 14, 15. Therefore, before, behold, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. And so the wilderness is sanctification, and in sanctification I will speak to her. I will give her her vineyards from there, from the wilderness, and the valley of Accor and a door of hope. This is as the door of hope, so before the door, before the week begins. She shall sing there in the days of her youth, as in the days when she came up from the land of Egypt. Returning to us, our vineyards will happen when we in the death of the Lord Jesus die through the law for the law, so we can live for God, so we can make our heart a stronghold for Christ. For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ and is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 2, 19, 20. Returning to us, the valley of Accor is to clothe us into the promise of the feast of the Pentecost, consisting in the ability to receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of our life so that we can be led by the Holy Spirit so we can uh, be confirmed our, as His sons or our sonhood can be confirmed. For us, many are us as are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Christ, that we may also be glorified together. Romans eight fourteen through 17. To return to us our youth that was lost in the first Adam, it is returned to us in the second Adam, is to adopt our body by the redemption of Christ by clothing it into our new person that carries in itself the power of the resurrection of Christ. And so we know that we have lost our youth, our eternal life in the first Adam, and that we reobtained it in the second Adam in Jesus Christ. For the, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered, we're talking about the angels of God as we know, these are the angels of God, the creation, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. All angels who serve our mortal body or corruption, they suffer. 
For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs with together until now. Not only that, but all we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Romans 8, 19 through 25. We wait eagerly for the time that God has planned and that time is coming very soon because right now there are great rains coming down for the growing of the fruit. The metaphorical week at the state of or at the start of which this will happen, a revelation for the sons of God is a span of time, seven years, at the start of which our body, by the means of the fruit of righteousness that we have grown, our methusela, our bodies will be changed by the Holy Spirit into heavenly bodies. In the middle of this metaphorical week, we will be raptured and meet the Lord upon the clouds, which will allow the Antichrist, the man of sin, son of perdition, to come to power within the territory of the former Roman Empire that today represents the countries that are included in the European Union. At the time that the Antichrist uh, will come to power, those who were not part of the Roman Empire but are still right now part of the European Union, they will be removed from the European Union. They will, because they will not be according to the requirements. Poland and others, uh, they refuse to be tolerant when it comes to the blue and pink. They're against that. And it's clearly they're voting that they need to remove them. And they're not afraid. They're saying America will protect us. They're ready to separate from the European Union. Watch uh, and see what's happening in the world. And so at the end of this metaphorical week, the category of people that were able to be raptured and met the Lord upon the clouds will return with Christ to govern for a thousand years. And then the final and predetermined doom will come upon the destroyer, that is the beast, the false prophet that brought him to power, and they together will be cast into the lake of fire, burning with fire and brimstone. For one thousand years, these two wicked people will be the only representatives in that terrible and eternal place of suffering. And after the 1,000 years of the gover government of Christ with his nation, when the great white throne will be shown, the dragon will join these two wicked people. The dragon is the fallen cherubim and all of his angels, as well as all those who did not believe in the truth and loved unrighteousness and wickedness. Then the beasts were captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he received those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. And so we know that this mark is med meditating about the things of the world and riches and wealth and that God wants us to be rich. God wants you to have much silver of salvation, much faith. All of the rest of this already belongs to you. Remember that. Everything you see already belongs to you. Apostle Paul said, we may not have it physically, but we own all of it. It is put upon our account. And so God gives this to us exactly how much we need right now to have salvation. And so both were thrown into the lake of fire 
and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh revelations 19 20 through 21 the valley of armageddon the entire army of the european union will be destroyed because the european union will bring their army uh, to the valley and when they receive the command to destroy jerusalem then a terrible thing will come upon this army and God will use not just the heavenly power but he will also use the country of the north from which the calamity of these people will come from there the calamity will come upon this army when the ruler of this uh, nation will see that the European Union began to destroy the Israel that's will because Israel will be a part of the European Union Egypt Assyria and Israel will be they will come out from under America and go under the European Union and when they see this they will destroy the European Union they will destroy it with atomic bombs because they will see that this is dangerous and they will immediately make a decision and this is in other places of scripture that, is, uh, that are written. Apostle Paul describes the establishing of a covenant of peace between us and God. He links this event to the week written about in Prophet Daniel, when he and which he, he formulated it with these words. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge. What are you to be enriched with? With all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 2 Corinthians 1, 4 through 9. <coughs> the same thought was also said by Apostle Peter. He says, But may the Lord of all grace, who called us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you to him by the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. 1 Peter 5, 10, 11. The fruit of righteousness, <clears throat> where God establishes <clears throat> his covenant of peace with us, is also well reflected in one of the events of King David, where God established him as king. 2 Samuel 5, 11, 12, Then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David, and cedars, uh, cedar trees, and carpenters, and masons. And they built David a house, so David knew that the Lord had, had established him as king over Israel, and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people, Israel. To build a house for David is to place us into Jesus Christ. We need to always remember that making or establishing a covenant between ourselves and God is called to happen in the wilderness, which represents our total sanctification that pursues the goal of total dedication to serve the living and true God. It is in the wilderness that God had promised to speak to our heart so that He can fulfill His word that we have concealed within our heart. 
And so seventh sign that testifies in the temple of our body about the collaboration of our grown about the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God, we are called to demonstrate in our faith in brotherly love is called to demonstrate itself in the result that God will walk among us and will be our God and we will be his nation. To examine yourself or your heart as to whether you have this sign, which is called to be the result of the collaboration of the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God, in demonstrating brotherly love in your faith, we will need to answer the following question. By what criteria do we determine the walk of God in the light among us as well as within our body, which is called to be the tabernacle of God where he would be able to find his peace? to clearly understand how to walk in the light that God walks in so that God says I will walk among you in your midst and God walks in the light and to understand what light he walks in so we can demonstrate in our faith brotherly love it is necessary to have a firm understanding of one unchanging and immutable truth in the light of which God walks this truth in the light of which God walks is the word that comes out of the mouth of God that is magnified by him in the temple of our body above all his names upon the condition that we are an organic member to the body of Christ which is the bride of the Lamb I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all your names. Psalm 138, 2. God walks in his light, or the light of his word, in the temple of our body. And so for him to walk in the temple of our body, we also need to walk in the light of his words in which he walks. I will bring forth seven components of how to walk in the light that God walks in, although there are many more of them, considering that each component contains and carries a balance of all of the components that identify the truthfulness of one the other. First, for God to walk in the temple of our body as well as walking among us in the light of his word is only possible in Christ Jesus, which makes him our God and makes us his nation. And so God walks in the light that is in Jesus Christ. He places us there, and he walks there in the light of this teaching. Their noble shall be from among them, and their governor shall come from their midst. Then I will cause him to draw near. He's talking about the governor that will be brought forth from the Israelite nation, and I will cause this governor to him, draw him to himself, and he shall approach me for whom is this who pledges his heart to approach me says the lord you shall be my people and i will be your god jeremiah 30 21 through 22 here it's talking about from this nation the son of god will come jesus christ and we know that in this prophecy we know that it's talking about the only begotten son of god that is born from the virgin mary that was betrothed to joseph the descendant of david from the tribe of judah before they came together According to this fact, to be clothed into the virtue of a king, priest, and prophet so that we can approach God in these virtues is only possible in one way, allowing Christ to be placed into our heart and place ourselves into Jesus Christ. And for this to happen, you need to receive those people to whom Christ, when he was going to his heavenly Father, he passed a mandate of his delegation so that they can present for his church the authority of a father of God. 
or the fathership of God. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. John 20, 19-23 According to this given place of Scripture, that is elevated as an eternal order, that is called to identify the kingdom of heaven in the temple of our body, and if we are against this order and prefer to choose for ourselves teachers that would lie to our uncircumcised ear by voting for them which is an abomination before God we lose any opportunity to walk in the light of his word that comes out of the mouth of God where God has promised to walk within the temple of our body and to walk within our church as the infrastructure of this order that the chosen by men democracy is profane and resistant to God's order that consists of the infrastructure of theocracy. According to this fact, a person that is in a church where the order of the kingdom of heaven is absent, that is to work within to work in the entrails of the body of Christ is not able to receive forgiveness of sins so that he can be free from the power of sin that lives within his body. Because the leaders of these democratic uh, congregations that are voted for don't have the legitimate lawful right to forgive sins. And so people turn to God and say, Lord, forgive, and they think they receive forgiveness. They confess before God. You need to confess before the face of the person whom God has sent, and he will be the one to forgive the sins. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist will come, even now many Antichrists have come, Antichrists are these false leaders that are elected by the form of a vote, by which we know that it is the last hour they went out from us. But in the Church of Christ, there was no democracy. Leaders were not placed by other men and were not voted for in an abominable way, uh, the way God uh, despises. They went out from us, but they were not of us. God, And so a, a prophet always uh, placed the next person. He anointed the next person. Before Moses left, <coughs> God placed through Moses Joshua and said, this person, when I die, he said, he will take my place. They didn't vote for him, and they didn't choose him. This was God's theocracy. This was God's order that the church had lost. And they lost it because these antichrists came out from us. They see that they can't come to power in any way. To come to power, uh, the only way that they can do this one is when the majority will vote for them. And they know this is the easy way to salvation that truly actually will lead them to hell. And so many antichrists have come, which is why we know it is the last hour they came out from us, these antichrists. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they may, may might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all these things. Not all have the anointing to determine uh, who is an anointed of God and who is not an anointed of God. First John 2, 18 through 20. 
The most unfortunate thing is that people who are members of the church, the infrastructure of which corresponds to the demands of God's theocracy, and then left that church and have joined churches with a democratic infrastructure, these people become haters of Christ and no sacrifice for sin remains for them, but a terrible expectation of judgment and indignation of fire ready to devour the haters. People who did not know and were never in a church uh, that had theocracy, they have the opportunity to leave Babylon, come out of Babylon, but those who came out from a structure of theocracy, not just in this specific church, but any church that has the format of theocracy in it, if they came out from such a church, they don't have that ability to, there's no sacrifice left for sin, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, we voluntarily, we willfully leave our church after we have received this knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries, Hebrews 10, 25-27. Only that person that is placed by God and anointed by the Holy Spirit with the, with the power of a Father from God is able to forgive our sins or retain our sins upon us. He who hears you, you hears me, he who rejects you rejects me, and he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. According to this place of Scripture, to walk in the light of the truth of the word that comes out of the mouth of God in the words of his delegated one so that by walking in the light which God walks in we can demonstrate in our faith brotherly love we conclude that to walk in the light of the truth we need to have in our heart anointing that would give us the ability to differentiate the true delegated of God that walks in the light of the word that God walks in from a person who does not walk in the light of the truth of the word Second, for God to walk in the temple of our body as well as walk amongst us in the light of His Word is to strive to fulfill His Word in the temple of our body in the time that He has decided or time that is decided by Him upon the condition that we have concealed in the good good heart that we have his word and are vigilant over it and wait for it to be fulfilled moreover the word of the Lord came to me saying Jeremiah what do you see and I said I see a branch of an almond tree then the Lord said to me you have seen well for I am ready to perform my word Jeremiah 1 11, 12 our perseverance waiting for the fulfillment of God's promises the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ will depend on how, how well we see how faithfully we see God walking in the temple of our body, the light that comes out of His mouth that is contained in our heart. That is the teaching of Jesus Christ. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Hebrews 10, 35-39 Trusting in God and upon His word, which we are waiting for with perseverance does not depend on what we feel or see in the visible world but the knowledge we have the information we hear and we receive from the word of god and we put it into our heart third for god to walk in the temple of our body as 
well as walk among us in the light of his word exclusively within his house <coughs> which are the heights of the heavens the sanctuary which is the chosen remnant and the humble and contrite heart that trembles before the preached word of God where did God promise to walk and where are we to walk for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity whose name is holy I dwell in the high and holy place the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the, of the contrite ones Isaiah 57 15 <clears throat> revive that is bring them out from death into the resurrection of Christ it's not possible to demonstrate brotherly love in your faith if we do not possess a humble and contrite spirit that trembles when listening to the preach to us word in the light of which God walks within the temple of our body and within our church because we walk in the light of his word the light that God walks in we have submerged into the baptism the death of the Lord Jesus which provided God with the grounds he needs to draw us from the death that is in Christ Jesus into the resurrection with Christ Jesus, which gives us the power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith, walking in the light of the word that God walks in. Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made, and all these things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. Isaiah 66, 1-2. According to this prophetic word, we conclude that to walk in the light of the word in which God walks, so we can demonstrate brotherly love in our faith, it is necessary to build your body into a spiritual house in which God can walk in the light of his word fourth God has promised to walk in the light of his word that comes out of his mouth in the temple of our body upon one condition if we will walk in the light of his word as he walks in the light of his word that comes out of his mouth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin this is where we can show brotherly love if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness first john 1 7 through 9 and so people are that are placed by God will forgive sins in the name of Jesus Christ to determine an authentic fellowship with one another and brotherly love which we are called to demonstrate in our faith we make this conclusion by our ability to confess sin before the face of the person that represents a father of God in our church and his helpers that, wo that work in the same spirit with him. Confessing sin before the person that represents the father of God provides God with the foundation he needs to cleanse us from all unrighteousness or to justify us not accounting to us the committed by a sin which gives us power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith in the works of righteousness which demonstrates the fruit of holiness. Fifth, God has promised to walk in the light of his word that comes out of his mouth in the temple of our body that previously was in his entrails in the format of his figurative thinking. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was, was God. It was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light sh shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. John 1, 1 through 5. 
I will bring forth a more elaborate version of this place of scripture that I worked through being inspired by the Holy Spirit in this case. Because in the original, in the beginning was the word, this means a thought. And so it's not rhema, but logos. And only after, later, everything uh, that was made was, was made through him. In the beginning was an informational program in the format of a thought, and this information program in the format of a thought was with God and identified the inner state of entrails of God. All things were made because of the thought of God that comes out of the mouth of God in the format of the word, and without the word that comes out of the mouth of God, nothing was made that was made. In the word that comes out of the mouth of God was eternal life, and this eternal life in the format of his word was the light of men. And the light that comes from the spoken by God word shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not have the power to overtake the spoken word of God, which is the light of eternal life in which God walks. From this we make the conclusion that for God to walk in the light of His spoken word in the temple of our body means to walk around the spoken by Him word, behave according to the spoken by Him word, live according to the spoken by Him word, place ourselves in dependence of the spoken by Him word, become a willing servant of the spoken by the spoken of Him uh, by Him word, and not lean away from or avoid fulfilling the spoken by Him word, and be vigilant in the temple of your body over the spoken by Him word so that it be fulfilled quickly. Sixth, God has promised to walk in the light of His word that comes out of His mouth in the temple of our body. If we, like Him, will walk in the light of His word that is concealed in our good heart, in spiritual thoughts, which is the seal of God upon our forehead demonstrated in the confessions of our mouth. And so he walks in his thoughts. And so the thoughts that he, uh, you walk and then you, you express them. If we walk in the same way as he does, Proverbs 23, 7, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And so the kind of thoughts you have in your heart your thoughts identify you as who you are, your natural essence. The thoughts of God identify God the way God is by, by nature, and we also are identified in the same way. In this way, for us to walk in the light of the spoken by God word that is elevated by Him as His commandment, which we have concealed in our heart, is to walk around the commandments of the Lord, behave according to the commandments of the Lord, to think about and live according to the commandments of the Lord, love the commandments of the Lord, look at the commandments of the Lord, do not lean away from or avoid fulfilling the commandments of the Lord, be vigilant over or stand guard of the commandments of the Lord. Seventh, God has promised to walk in the light of His word that comes out of His mouth in the temple of our body, if our mouth will be in the likeness of God's mouth. Why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable, which refuses to be healed? Will you surely be to me like an unreliable stream as waters that fail? Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, because he's asking Jeremiah, why is your word not working? What, what is happening? Therefore, says the Lord, if you return, it turns out, 
that you're standing with your back to me. If you return, you turn to me with your face, then I will bring you back. You shall stand before me. If you take out the precious from the vial, you shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, but you must not return to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified bronze wall, and they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the hands of the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible. Jeremiah 15, 18 through 21. First question, how do you turn to God in order to give God the proper grounds he needs to restore to us the lost virtue of a king, priest, and prophet. He lost those, and so he thought that God just became an unfaithful spring to him. How long will this be? But the Lord said, I'm not at fault here. You turned away from me, and so now you see I'm at fault. And so he lost those virtues of a king, priest, and prophet to be able to stand before him. Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Will I now open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive them? Malachi 3, 7-10 Second question, what is vile and what is precious? And how are we to take out the precious from the vile so that our lips would become like the lips of God so that he can walk amongst us and in the temple of our body so that we can together with him walk in the light of his words. The vile in our body is our tongue that is not disciplined with the bits of gentleness in the light of which God walks. To discipline, and so God walks in the light of gentleness, His character. With His gentleness, He restrains His tongue. Gentleness is the word of God. He disciplined Himself with His word, and He walks within the boundaries of His word. He became a slave of His own words. He presents to us the same gentleness. If he would not have had gentleness, he would not have offered it to us. He walks in this word. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Such regard to the word of God that is elevated by him as an eternal commandment that is concealed within our heart gives God the right foundation in the established by him time to erect the stronghold of eternal life in our mortal body. It is by this result that we need to judge that we are collaborating with the grown by his fruit of holiness, with the holiness of God, and demonstrating brotherly love in our faith. And so when our lips will become gentle, then they will become in the likeness of God's lips, and then he will walk amongst us and we will be able to walk in the light of his words. Let us bend our knees and pray. And we will thank God for the word <clears throat> that we were able to receive today. And I ask all the saints that are still bound by shackles of sin, their lusts, desires, fears, bonds of illness that we suffer from and don't know how to overcome them and what to do going forward from all forms of fear. <clears throat> the answer will come here. Come to the altar, we'll pray for you. You heard the word today, and 
God is standing guard of his word in your heart to help you be delivered. We wait for you. Amen. I will be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God is for you he's not against you and that you came out to the altar that is victory over the power of hell the enemy is ashamed hell is ashamed the heavens are rejoicing because you have cast and resisted against the sin that is within you and that's out of you also close your eyes this is your secret room lift your hands to God this is a sign that you, your hands are without doubt and without wrath. You've forgiven those who have offended you so that God can forgive you. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you. I open up my heart so that you can see what it's filled with. It is filled with pain, suffering, because I'm bound with my lusts, with my passions that I hate and that I can't be freed from if you will not help me. May your mercy come upon me and may I be delivered according to your mercy. May the works of devil be destroyed, the works of the flesh within my body, in my life, in my house, in my children, in those that are around me and may your mercy be glorified in me as in the church as in my house I accept your forgiveness your justification your freedom your healing into my heart and right now before heaven and hell I want to confess that in accordance to your words I am washed I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven, and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you, may He look upon you with His great face, and show you mercy and give you peace. May upon you thousands and ten thousands They may come against you, but they won't touch you. May upon you the blessing of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills be on you and be fulfilled upon you. May God show his glory and may he destroy your enemy and may you step upon his neck. May this be upon you and your children and the nation shall say, Amen.
Blessed is the God and Father in Jesus Christ for us who is vigilant over His Word. Every time I note that what you did right now, you don't need to feel, you need to know. I know in whom I have believed. It's possible you don't feel, but that doesn't mean that you have to base it off of that. You base it on the information you know. If you feel the good, that's good. Lead them. And that means that your horse, your emotional uh, sphere, your area is disciplined. If you don't feel it yet, don't panic. It means that it's not yet fully disciplined. Lead them after yourself and tell them, the Lord lives and my soul lives. I'm delivered from sin and rejoice and follow the example. May the Lord be blessed. Let us proclaim our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever Amen please be seated we have another uh, part of our service we do we're going to bless our children as we do every year this is the start of the school year and uh, we didn't do this a little bit earlier because people weren't here but today they will be able to be blessed and so we're going to sing a song my, me and my house want to serve the Lord and while we sing this song I want the children to come out to the stage and we will pray for them so that God make them a light a warrior in prayer that he give them wisdom of how to live and the ability to uh, comprehend what they learn and take it in and they understand who Jesus is for them and what he's done for them let us sing
And so I will ask all of us to stand up. We will pray. I will bless the children with the word of God, and you can stretch out your hand, and the whole church will in this way participate. And you children, make, do, make your hands like this so that you can receive these blessings. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for these children. We have dedicated them to you. They are your own. They are your belonging. Upon their foreheads, your name is written. And we, from this time, bless them upon this place with your wisdom, with your power, so that they can demonstrate your light, your interests in the schools, in colleges where they will go, so that they have the ability to confront and resist sin in this world, so that they can keep themselves from evil. May God's blessing be upon you. May the Lord bless you with wisdom that He has and with boldness so that you can demonstrate His power and His light. May this blessing be upon you now and be fulfilled. Amen. And now, thank you, you are blessed, and now the angels of God will accompany you, and you will learn well, listen to your father and mother, listen to your teachers, and do not be friends with evil people. You may not take your places.